Good evening, and welcome to the Sleep with Josh podcast. It's the podcast where you sleep with Josh. I am comedian Josh Yang, and every episode... I read various pieces of literature in my trademark monotone voice to help you drift off to sleep. Tonight, as it is November 11th, in honor and respect of veterans and active armed service members on this day, Remembrance Day, in Canada and other Commonwealth nations, as well as Veterans Day in the United States, I will be reading the classic poem, In Flanders Fields, written by Canadian Lieutenant Colonel John McRae during World War One, I will then be reading The Armistice of November 11th, 1918, which was signed between the Allied Nations and Germany at 5 a.m. in the forest of Compiègne and would take effect on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918. This armistice would ultimately end the First World War, which took the lives of around 20 million military and civilian souls and injure or wound some 20 million more. Tonight, we remember all those who paid the ultimate sacrifice for their country and honor those who continue to do so. Now sit back, relax, and close your eyes because you'll feel grateful for the military service of your compatriots, guaranteed. In Flanders Fields Written by Lieutenant Colonel John McRae In Flanders fields, the poppies blow. Between the crosses, row on row. That mark our place, and in the sky, the larks, still bravely singing, fly. Scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead, 
short days ago, we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved, and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw the torch. Be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders fields. Armistice with Germany of November 11, 1918 Convention with Annexes Addendum and Declaration by German Plenipotentiaries Signed at Compiègne Forest, near Rethond, France, November 11, 1918. Entered into force November 11, 1918, for a period of 36 days. Translation Terms of Armistice with Germany, November 11, 1918. Between Marshal Foch, Commander-in-Chief of the Allied Armies, acting in the name of the Allied and Associated Powers, with Admiral Wemyss, First Sea Lord, on the one hand, and Herr Erzberger, Secretary of State, President of the German Delegation, Count von Oberndorf, Envoy Extraordinary, and Minister Plenipotentiary, Major General von Winterfeld, Captain Vanselow, German Navy, duly empowered and acting with the concurrence of the German Chancellor. On the other hand, an armistice has been concluded on the following conditions. Conditions of the armistice concluded with Germany. Section A. Clauses relating to the Western Front. Clause 1. Cessation of hostilities by land and in the air six hours after the signing of the armistice. Clause 2. Immediate evacuation of the invaded countries Belgium, France, Luxembourg, as well as Alsace-Lorraine so ordered 
has to be completed within 15 days from the signature of the armistice. German troops, which have not left the above-mentioned territories, within the period fixed, shall be made prisoners of war. Occupation by the Allied and United States forces jointly shall keep pace with the evacuation in these areas. All movements of evacuation and occupation shall be regulated in accordance with a note, Annex 1, determined at the time of the signing of the armistice. Clause 3, Repatriation, beginning at once, to be completed within 15 days of all inhabitants of the countries above enumerated, in brackets, including hostages, persons under trial, or condemned, and brackets. Clause 4. Surrender in good condition by the German armies of the following equipment. 5,000 guns, in brackets 2,500 heavy, 2,500 field, and brackets. 25,000 machine guns, 3,000 trench mortars, 1,700 aeroplanes, in brackets, fighters, bombers, firstly all D7s and night bombing machines, and brackets. The above to be delivered in situ to the Allied and United States troops in accordance with the detailed conditions laid down in the note. Annex 1 determined at the time of the signing of the armistice. Clause 5. Evacuation by the German armies of the districts on the left bank of the Rhine. These districts on the left bank of the Rhine shall be administered by the local authorities under the control of the Allied and United States armies of occupation. The occupation of these territories by Allied and United States troops shall be assured by garrisons holding the principal crossings of the Rhine, in brackets, Mainz, Koblenz, and Cologne, and brackets together with bridgeheads at these points of a 30 kilometer, about 19 miles, radius on the right bank, and by garrisons similarly holding the strategic points of the area. A neutral zone shall be reserved on the right bank of the Rhine, between the river and a line drawn parallel to the bridgeheads and to the river in 10 kilometers, six and a quarter miles distant from them, between the Dutch frontier and the Swiss frontier.
the evacuation by the enemy of the Rhine districts, right and left banks, shall be so ordered as to be completed within a further period of 16 days. In all 31 days after the signing of the armistice, all movements of evacuation and occupation shall be regulated according to the note Annex 1, determined at the time of the signing of the armistice. Clause 6. In all territories evacuated by the enemy, evacuation of the inhabitants shall be forbidden. No damage or harm shall be done to the persons or property of the inhabitants. No person shall be prosecuted for having taken part in any military measures previous to the signing of the armistice. No destruction of any kind to be committed. Military establishments of all kinds shall be delivered intact, as well as military stores, food, munitions, and equipment, which shall not have been removed during the periods fixed for evacuation. Stores of food of all kinds for the civilian population, cattle, etc., shall be left in situ. No measure of a general character shall be taken, and no official order shall be given which would have as a consequence the depreciation of industrial establishments or a reduction of their personnel. Clause 7. Roads and means of communications of every kind, railroads, waterways, roads, bridges, telegraphs, telephones, shall be in no manner impaired. All civil and military personnel at present employed on them shall remain. 5,000 locomotives and 150,000 wagons in good working order, with all necessary spare parts and fittings, shall be delivered to the associated powers within the period fixed in Annex number two, in brackets not exceeding 31 days in all, end brackets. 5,000 motor lorries are also to be delivered in good condition within 36 days. The railways of Alsace-Lorraine shall be handed over within 31 days, together with all personnel and material belonging to the organization of this system. Further, the necessary working material in the territories on the left bank of the Rhine shall be left in situ. All stores of coal and material for the upkeep of permanent way signals and repair shops shall be left in situ and kept in an efficient state by Germany, 
so far as the working of the means of communication on the left bank of the Rhine is concerned. All lighters taken from the Allies shall be restored to them. The note attached as Annex II defines the details of these measures. Clause 8. The German command shall be responsible for revealing within 48 hours after the signing of the armistice all mines or delay action fuses disposed on territories evacuated by the German troops and shall assist in their discovery and destruction. The German command shall also reveal all destructive measures that may have been taken brackets, such as poisoning or pollution of wells, springs, etc. Breaches of these clauses will involve reprisals. Clause 9. The right of requisition shall be exercised by the Allied and United States armies in all occupied territories save for settlement of accounts within authorized persons. The upkeep of the troops of occupation in the Rhine districts, in brackets excluding Alsace-Lorraine, in brackets, shall be charged to the German government. Clause 10. The immediate repatriation without reciprocity according to detailed conditions which shall be fixed of all Allied and United States prisoners of war, including those under trial and condemned, the Allied powers and the United States of America shall be able to dispose of these prisoners as they think fit. This condition annuls all other conventions regarding prisoners of war including that of July 1918, now being ratified. However, the return of German prisoners of war interned in Holland and Switzerland shall continue as heretofore. The return of German prisoners of war shall be settled at the conclusion of the peace preliminaries. Clause 11. Sick and wounded who cannot be removed from territory evacuated by the German forces shall be cared for by German personnel who shall be left on the spot with the material required. Section 12. All German troops at present in any territory which before the war formed part of Austria-Hungary, Romania, or Turkey shall withdraw within the frontiers of Germany as they existed on August 1, 1914. And all German troops at present in territories which before the war formed part of Russia must likewise return to within the frontiers of Germany as above defined. As soon as the Allies shall think the moment suitable, having regard to the internal situation 
of these territories. Clause 13. Evacuation of German troops to begin at once. And all German instructors, prisoners, and agents, civilians as well as military, now on the territory of Russia, in brackets, frontiers as defined on August 1st, 1914, end brackets, to be recalled. Clause 14. German troops to cease at once all requisitions and seizures and any other coercive measures with a view to obtaining supplies intended for Germany in Romania and Russia. Frontiers as defined on August 1st, 1914. Clause 15. Annulment of the treaties of Bucharest and Brest-Litovsk and of the supplementary treaties. Clause 16. The Allies shall have free access to the territories evacuated by the Germans on their eastern front, either through Danzig or by the Vistula, in order to convey supplies to the populations of these territories or for the purpose of maintaining order. Section C. Clause relating to East Africa. Clause 17. Evacuation of all German forces operating in East Africa within a period specified by the Allies. Section D. General Clauses. Clause 18. Repatriation without reciprocity within a maximum period of one month in accordance with detailed conditions hereafter to be fixed of all interned civilians, including hostages and persons under trial and condemned, who may be subjects of allied or associated states other than those mentioned in Clause 3. Clause 19. With the reservation that any subsequent concessions and claims by the Allies and United States remain unaffected, the following financial conditions are imposed. Reparation for damage done. While the armistice lasts, no public securities shall be removed by the enemy, which can serve as a pledge to the Allies to cover reparation for war losses. Immediate restitution of the cash deposit in the National Bank of Belgium and, in general, immediate return of all documents, specie, stocks, shares, paper money, together with plant, for the issue thereof, affecting public or private interests in the invaded countries. Restitution of the Russian and Romanian gold yielded to Germany or taken by that power. This gold is to be delivered in trust to the Allies until peace is concluded. Section E. Naval Conditions 
Clause 20. Immediate cessation of all hostilities at sea and definite information to be given as to the position and movements of all German ships. Notification to be given to neutrals that freedom of navigation in all territorial waters is given to the navies and mercantile marines of the Allied and Associated Powers, all questions of neutrality being waived. Clause 21. All naval and mercantile marine prisoners of war of the Allied and Associated Powers in German hands to be returned without reciprocity. Clause 22. To surrender at the ports specified by the Allies and the United States, all submarines at present in existence, in brackets, including all submarine cruisers and mine layers, and brackets, with armament and equipment complete. Those that cannot put to sea shall be deprived of armament and equipment and shall remain under the supervision of the Allies and the United States. Submarines ready to put to sea shall be prepared to leave German ports immediately on receipt of a wireless order to sail to the port of surrender. The remainder to follow as early as possible. The conditions of this article shall be completed within 14 days of the signing of the armistice. Clause 23. The following German surface warships, which shall be designated by the Allies in the United States of America, shall forthwith be disarmed and thereafter interned in neutral ports or, failing them, allied ports, to be designated by the Allies in the United States of America, and placed under the surveillance of the Allies in the United States of America. Only care and maintenance parties being left on board, namely, six battlecruisers, ten battleships, eight light cruisers, including two mine layers, 50 destroyers of the most modern type. All other service warships, including rivercraft, are to be concentrated in German naval bases to be designated by the Allies and the United States of America. Completely disarmed and placed under the supervision of the Allies and the United States of America. All vessels of the auxiliary fleet are to be disarmed. All vessels specified for internment shall be ready to leave German ports seven days after the signing of the armistice. Directions for the voyage shall be given by wireless. Clause 24. The Allies and the United States of America shall have the right to sweep up all minefields and destroy all obstructions laid by Germany outside German territorial waters, and the positions of these are to be indicated 
Clause 25 Freedom of access to and from the Baltic to be given to the navies and mercantile marines of the Allied and Associated Powers. This to be secured by the occupation of all German forts, fortifications, batteries, and defense works of all kinds in all the routes from the Kattegat into the Baltic, and by the sweeping up and destruction of all mines and obstructions within and without German territorial waters, without any questions of neutrality being raised by Germany, and the positions of all mines and obstructions to be indicated, and the plans relating thereto are to be supplied. Clause 26. The existing blockade conditions set up by the Allied and Associated Powers are to remain unchanged, and all German merchant ships found at sea are to remain liable to capture. The Allies and United States contemplate the provisioning of Germany during the armistice, as shall be found necessary. Clause 27. All aerial forces are to be concentrated and immobilized in German bases to be specified by the Allies and the United States of America. Clause 28. In evacuating the Belgian coasts and ports, Germany shall abandon in situ and intact the port material and material for inland waterways. Also all merchant ships, tugs and lighters, all naval aircraft and air materials and stores, all arms and armaments, and all stores and apparatus of all kinds. Clause 29. All Black Sea ports are to be evacuated by Germany. All Russian warships of all descriptions seized by Germany in the Black Sea are to be handed over to the Allies and the United States of America. All neutral merchant ships seized in the Black Sea are to be released. All warlike and other materials of all kinds seized in those ports are to be returned, and the German materials as specified in Clause 28 are to be abandoned. Clause 30. All merchant ships at present in German hands, belonging to the Allied and Associated Powers, are to be restored to ports specified by the Allies and the United States of America without reciprocity. Clause 31. No destruction of ships or of materials to be permitted before evacuation, surrender, or restoration. Clause 32. The German government shall formally notify all the neutral governments, and particularly the governments of Norway, Sweden, Denmark, 
and Holland that all restrictions placed on the trading of their vessels with the allied and associated countries, whether by the German government or by private German interests, and whether in return for specific concessions, such as the export of shipbuilding materials or not, are immediately cancelled. Clause 33. No transfers of German merchant shipping of any description to any neutral flag are to take place after signature of the armistice. Section F. Duration of Armistice. Clause 34. The duration of the armistice is to be 36 days with option to extend. During this period, on failure of execution of any of the above clauses, the armistice may be repudiated by one of the contracting parties on 48 hours previous notice. It is understood that failure to execute Articles 3 and 18 completely in the period specified is not to give reason for a repudiation of the armistice, save where such failure is due to malice aforethought. To ensure the execution of the present convention under the most favorable conditions, the principle of a permanent international armistice commission is recognized. This commission shall act under the supreme authority of the high command military and naval of the allied armies. The present armistice was signed on the 11th day of November 1918 at 5 o'clock a.m. French time. Signatories F. Fauch R. E. Wemis Erzberger Oberndorf, Winterfeld, Vancelo. And that was the 34 clauses of the Armistice of November 11th, 1918, thus calling to an end World War I, and has established November 11th as a day of remembrance for many nations around the world, lest we forget. Thank you for listening to the Sleep with Josh podcast. Good night.